This is Bless You Boys Podcast 107, recorded far too early on a Saturday morning on April 12, 2014. Luke Pagonin is not a figment of your imagination. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Podcast for the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com. SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog kicks around the past week of the Detroit Tigers, well, baseball. And it's been a kind of a iffy week of baseball at best, most because it's been on the West Coast. We've all been up late all week, including Friday night. We're recording this on Saturday morning, about 10.30, uh, which is about 12 hours after the game ended. And, well, one hell of a game in that. Well, it's one hell of a game if you're a Padre and Andrew Cashman. But before we get to all of that and what's going on this week, let's get the introductions out of the way. First off, I'm your host, Al Beaton, co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. Joining me, as always, is the usual gang. First off, he from what we hear, we heard before the podcast started, we heard birds and animals. and You know, it sounded like uh, Snow White walking through the woods and in... In, in the backyard of Hookslide's house, so I think if you're outside somewhere, Hookslide. Yes, I am. I'm sitting on the back patio right near the uh, Seven Dwarves Cottage. Uh, Snow White did just walk by singing, so hopefully they'll clear out before before we're uh, really into this into this podcast. Yeah, I went with Snow White rather than Bambi because we all know what happens to Bambi's mom. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> also with us is well. He's uh, curmudgeonly as ever because the weather sucks in the UP today. It, uh, every day. Yeah, every day. Every day of the year. I think summer up there lasts about a day. Uh, he's a co-managing editor of Bless You Boys. He is a grand poobah at SB Nation. He's also a columnist for the Detroit News, and that is Mr. Kurt Menching. How cold is it today? Because it's 70s in the in the mitten. Yeah, uh, take like 40 degrees off that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Kurt. Yeah, I'm staying in bed. <laughs> No, you need to be staying in bed in Florida or somewhere, you know? If I was in Florida, I, I would be out enjoying the 85-degree weather, taunting everyone about it. Kind of like Hook Slide is. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. As I'm hunkered down in front of a computer recording all this. So, anyway, all right. Uh, before we start talking baseball and one-hitters and shortstops and bullpens, uh, about the podcast, if you want to contact us with your thoughts and questions, BYBpodcast at gmail.com. BYBtigers at gmail.com is where you can reach us via email. You can also touch base via Twitter, at Bless You Boys. Mr. Menchin is usually behind that. Also, our one of our editors, Melissa, is going to be handling that quite a bit this year. And we're on the Facebook, facebook.com slash BYB.tigers. Or you can just look up Bless You Boys in the search bar on Facebook. And please, like us, follow us. We're trying to do a lot with our social, and uh, there's a lot of good content there. All right, guys, uh, eventful week in Tigerdom. I guess we should start real quickly 
with the Evan Reed situation as it's all kind of unpleasant. It's, again, all allegations, and nothing has come to a head yet. It's probably going to drag on for a while because the um, – well, we'll get into it here. Evan Reed has been accused of a sexual assault, uh, supposedly happened uh, at the Motor City Casino in a hotel room. Uh, the details, all we've heard is one side of the story, and right now the investigation is underway by the Detroit police. Uh, it's kind of on hold right now because they need to interview Reed, and they won't be able to talk to him until uh, they come back from the road trip uh, after the weekend. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we, we're not going to go really in-depth in this at all. We, we refuse to do it on the website. We even closed the comments because we really didn't want it to get, well, we, we don't want things, we don't want to talk about things we don't even know are true yet. We don't want uh, unfounded allegations. We don't want rumors. We don't, we're not going to talk about any of that stuff. Both the Tigers and um, Reed's lawyer have issued statements uh, saying they really can't talk about it, but they say the truth will come out and so on and so forth. So, uh other than that, is there anything else you can add about that, Kurt? Because uh, I know we discussed this uh, before that when the news broke, and we pretty much decided we're, we'll cover it, but we're going to cover it appropriately. We're not going to be sensationalistic about it at all. Yep, just a fact, and uh, we don't have a lot of those. Yeah, oh, yeah. and let me add, uh, ask you this, though. Uh, it was interesting, there was uh, the dichotomy in the two broadcasts last night, and that the radio crew, uh, specifically Dan Dickerson, did talk about it when Reed made his first appearance of the road trip, you know, and did the, you know, this is what's going on, this is where things stand, no opinions were given, he just said this is what's up. While on the TV side, uh, Mario and Pemba, Rod Allen, didn't mention a word about it. So I just kind of thought that was interesting, and I just wondered what was up with that. That's kind of just the way the Vox Sports does things. You know? yeah. uh, it's, it's, Dan is is always going to give you a, a complete picture. I think he's he's a good broadcaster. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and even though he does lean a little homerish at times, obviously because he's a Tigers broadcaster, he's very hard, Ernie Harbaugh like, and that he will play it pretty much straight down the line. So uh, I always say this: kudos to the Tigers radio crew for handling this situation appropriately, and that's how we're going to handle it at Bless You Boys. When uh, things are pro- we'll probably learn more during the week after the tires come back, and we will cover the story appropriately. All right, let's talk baseball, guys. Uh, according to the internet, uh, you know, social media commenters and places like Kurt's column and the newspapers, uh, this is the worst five and three team ever. I mean, they, they, the bullpen sucks. They can't hit. Um, they, they can't field the ball. Guys are getting hurt. This is an awful team, Kurt. I don't even know why we're even talking about them. <laughs> can can I quote you on that? <laughs> you can spell that. Okay. I'm going to tweet that right now. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't the overreaction? Because uh, we're talking a lot of small sample sizes. I mean, I've even seen people uh, commenting that they're worried about Miguel Cabrera because he hasn't. He's He's only hitting – his average has dropped all the 250 because he's had like three hits in four games or five games or something like that. So, again, there's, it's way too early to get very upset about this. Yeah, the bullpen has been concerning, but, again, I, I don't know what's up with the, the fan base, Kurt, but I, I, it looks like they came into the season expecting the worst, and a, a couple of bad bullpen outings by Joe Nathan has essentially allowed them to mope. 
Yeah, I hate to have a 625 start to the season. What a it <laughs> was an awful way to begin the year. Yeah, and and Hooksley, I don't people are kind of forgetting that some of these losses have been because the Tigers are faced it's early in the season, rotations haven't gotten all spread out and mixed up yet. So they're facing aces a lot right now. For example, what we saw on Friday night. Yeah, they're facing a lot of really good pitching, it seems like, right now, and that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but let's, you know, I guess in this situation, if you see, you know, the fan base kind of erupting, I saw a lot of that on Twitter last night, you know, just this team sucks offensively and all this kind of stuff. You, you almost kind of have to just go back to the to the statistical facts, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and uh, I, I was one of the, you know, the pessimists coming into the season saying, you know, I'm expecting the worst in terms of the, the drop-off on offense. But w- when you look at the leaderboards, you know, it's it's kind of surprising that this was – last night was the first time they've been shut out this season. Um, it was the first game that they didn't hit a home run. Uh, you know, they're they're leading uh, – they're in the top five in terms of um, – I want to say it's uh, home runs per game, uh, weighted runs created. I mean, they're, they're up there in a lot of those offensive stats. So, you know, no worries. Yeah, Kurt. Uh, uh, it, it, I, just the overreaction is—it's uh, very frustrating. It's getting to the point. Well, I, I should know better. I try not to read comments, but sometimes I do it for shits and giggles. And the overreaction to what's happened in some of these games—it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, you know, there's always going to be a percentage of fans. You can't—you can't let the small percentage who are vocal, you know. Stand for the majority who aren't. So that's uh... well. I guess I guess I'm old and cranky, and probably a little tired. But the it really seems like in the advent of uh, online sports reporting and the 24/7 news cycle, where you know instant news and everybody has a voice. Uh, it, I don't really remember it being like this when I was growing up. I mean, you know, it's got to be the same for you guys in a lot of ways, even though you're much younger than I am. Well, you, you said it though. It's, it's having yeah. the voice. Yeah. Uh, you, you know these kinds of fans existed all the way back, you know, mm-hmm. sixty eight, eighty four, in those great years. But mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily have a voice. Yeah. You know, other than in their own, you know, circles at the bars or whatever. So you just, I think, we're hearing a lot more of it now. Yeah. Yeah. At least to uh, to the credit of the readers of our website, they seem to be much more level headed about this start than the sort you'll see. Uh, uh, saying that Joe Nathan needs to be cut, uh, you know, on the newspaper sites and things like that. So it's, yeah, there's been some signs that this team has issues, but they're the issues we knew they would have going into the year. And if you really think Dave Dombrowski is going to keep rolling with the same bullpen for the entire year, well, you don't know much about baseball. And and Kurt actually linked to a, a very interesting and, well-timed uh, post on Grantland uh, about uh, essentially put your trust in Dave Dombrowski, just showing how he has essentially uh, rampaged through M- Major League Baseball when he makes trades like uh, Sherman going through the South. There's been very few trades where he's gotten the, the, the worst of it. So, again, that, uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, and uh, please, you really need, do need to read it. All right, uh, but the bullpen, Kurt, it has been an issue. Um, at least Friday night didn't give up a run in the ninth inning because uh, going into the game, in any inning, not the ninth, uh, Tigers pitching, well, now it's up to the 20 runs in total. In the ninth, they had combined to give up just 12 alone. So uh, what the hell? What's going on? Who, who's broken? What's, what's the hell? What, I, why, why am I going to panic about this? Well, the nice thing about losing on the road is you don't have to pitch in the ninth, so yeah. that certainly yeah, helps. Good, yeah, good point. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone is broken. <laughs> everyone? Well, not everyone, but, you know, uh, Albuquerque, he struggled. Uh, Joe Nathan, obviously, with his whole dead arm thing, and we, we had some research by a, a sabermetric dude, uh, uh, I, I bless you boys in the fan post who says this is common and, and Nathan's usually a bit of a slow starter. So you might want to link to that and mm-hmm. uh, show people that. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, jo- Jabba, Joba, well, I'm not even going to care how his name is pronounced until he, until he consistently pitches well. Yeah, we're going to call him Joba until he starts getting guys out. So, Mr., Mr. Chamberlain, not Neville, uh, <laughs> He he, uh, he he struggled a bit though. You know his, his last outing or the outing before they they all merged together when you're staying up too late. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, he struck some guys out, so that was nice to see. We need to see more of that. But uh, yeah, anyone but Drew Smiley seemed to be uh, in, in trouble. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hook slide. Uh, you seem to be kind of uh, a very much a voice of reason in this, and you you had issues about this bullpen going into the year. Uh, it's, what, what, what's your thoughts so far? And is there can there be any blame really pointed at uh, at Brad Ausmus for how he's managing the bullpen? Because that vocal minority we talked about earlier uh, are just up in arms over his use of the bullpen. But again, he can only do so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what you can say about his use of the bullpen just yet because it's still mm-hmm. early. I don't think we've seen anything to, that would resemble you know a pattern going forward and say yes, this is how he's going to do it. I mean, I. I questioned it too, you know, some of the, the moves that he made, but that's mm-hmm. that's just part of watching the in-game experience, you know, and saying, oh God, not Chamberlain, not Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. You know, J- Joba Jaba Jiba Jiba has only had what two outings, I think, so far, and I think the one he got rocked pretty hard, and the next one he came out and struck out the side. So fifty-fifty uh, split, you know, that's, mm-hmm. it's hard to make any forecast predictions based on that. Uh, and like Kurt said, it seems like everybody's been kind of just, I don't know, struggling to settle in. Al has looked okay. Um, yeah. Ian Kroll has looked generally okay, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's what do you do? You know, it's, it's the bullpen. Yeah, well, that uh, brings us to the Phil Coke situation. Uh, we'll, t- we'll also talk about, we'll talk a little bit about Nathan and some of the other guys in the pen. But Coke, as usual, uh, well, has taken the brunt of the, uh, d- uh, the discord of the fan base um, it's not helping that he can't get anyone out at this point. His ERA going into the, tonight's game is uh, a nice and even 40.50, uh, and that's only in uh, two appearances and two-thirds of an inning. Uh, <laughs> uh, at this point, Kurt, the question is, uh, from all accounts, uh, you know, specifically coming from your compadre at the news, Lynn Henning, he said Cope was on the verge of not making his team in spring training. And only oh, what he did over the final week at least put some questions in the Tigers' minds and decided to keep him. Well, what we've seen of Phil Coke in the first week, is first couple weeks, I should say, is pretty much what we've seen of Phil Coke over the last two years. And Toledo has seven lefties uh, on their roster right now. Don't you think at least one of those guys would be an upgrade for the Tigers' bullpen over Coke at this point. This is one of those situations where I'm kind of leaning toward the chicken littles of the world, at least when it comes to Phil Coke. Well, Phil Coke just has not had it for a long time now. Yeah. And it it seems like a pretty expensive uh, expensive decision to keep him when they could have, you know, cut him in spring training and saved money. So mm-hmm. it 
you know, Patrick was uh, up at uh, up at Ro- uproar. Up, I can't speak because it's too early. Mm-hmm. Patrick was not was not happy, and for good reason because mm-hmm. uh, Hope just wasn't showing any reason to keep him, and yeah. they, they kept him anyway. So yeah, uh, I don't think it would be hard to upgrade over that. I think it would be hard to uh, get worse. Yeah, and and, and as uh, uh, Hook Slide again, I'm having mind troubles here as well. So early in the morning. Uh, as Hookslide mentioned earlier, <laughs> Ian, Kroll, <laughs> Ian Kroll has pitched fairly well. Uh, actually, he has not a lot of run in three appearances in uh, two and two-thirds innings. So, at, at, the very, yeah, at the very least, it looks like he's the number one uh, left-hander at this point out of the pen. Uh, Coke, for the most part, uh, the Tigers, have only have been, when they're forced to use Coke, it really seems like either because they're out of pitchers or it's garbage time. And... At that point, you're you're going to be at the back end of the bullpen anyway. So, if you look at it that way, well, uh, Coke's time is going likely going to be limited. If it keeps going like this, he's not going to be here much longer. I would hope not. Yeah, the way that he's that he's going, and uh, honestly, you know, I have to kind of look back and say, has he ever really been all that great? Not not really. I mean, that that performance in the 2012 playoffs, everyone kind of looks at that and says, see, there's the potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did seem like. It, let me put it this way. It felt like a bigger sample size than it really was Yeah. in reality. If you go back and actually look at the numbers, you say, well, he had maybe seven good innings mm-hmm. in, that, in that stretch. And, hey, just about anybody can have that. You yeah. know, Anybody can have seven good innings. Um, and uh, that same uh, fan post that uh, I think Coke mm-hmm. just referred to you know, pointed out that, that uh, in that playoff series, Coke was facing a lot of lefties, too. Yeah, that's the reason why he was in the – that's why he was being used pure and simple, because the Yankees were loaded with lefties. And he got the job done. He did. And, but, but that's the last time saw, he got lefties out. Exactly. I was going to yeah. say, as we saw last year, he was having trouble getting lefties out. Yeah. And so, you know, when you got a guy who's actively giving up runs while he's warming up in the bullpen, you have to wonder, you know, is this really – like you said, there are arms in Toledo still. Mm-hmm. That you know have got to be upgrades over this, and you know I don't know specific stats on those guys, but you can't imagine that it's any worse. Mm-hmm. And you know the other thing is, um, you know I had that interview yesterday on the WBBL, yeah, and they asked that same question. And they said, you know, guys, we got to think outside the box a little bit because there are some right-handers in that bullpen that have better numbers against lefties yes. than than Phil Coke. Good point. So do we have to constantly play lefty lefty matchup, or can we let you know Al Albuquerque, who's got great numbers against left-handed hitters, let him go out there and get those outs? Yeah, and that's exactly why we sent WBBL to you. Well, that and then Kurt and I didn't want to get up. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a little rough. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Dude, I work late. I do not wake up for no radio station. <laughs> all right, all right. So, but yeah, exactly. Essentially, it's it's a waiting game of Coke, and when the Tigers decide it's time to delve into AAA, uh, I'm sure we'll see Coke designated for assignment. All right, we uh, Joe Nathan has been uh, the, really the the most concerning piece of the bullpen, considering the Tigers have invested 20 million in the 39 year old. Uh, he's blown. Uh, he's gotten rocked in two appearances. He's blown uh, two saves in, in his last three. Um, yet he, amazingly enough, he's won those two blown saves thanks to the um, Tigers' uh, late game comebacks. Uh, again, which says a lot about pitcher victories. Uh, but uh, the interesting part of all this is after he got shelled in L.A., uh, Coke admitted that in a radio interview of, uh, of a station on XM, on Sirius XM, that he was dealing with a dead arm issue. 
which was, and he says the way to get through this is that he pitches through it, which, you know, it seems kind of counterintuitive. And it confused Craig Monroe in Fox Sports Detroit because he, after that game, he said the, two, the way to get through this is to pitch through it, and the way to get through this is to rest. So go figure. <laughs> but uh, when Brad Ausmus was asked about it, he said Nathan looked sharp in the pregame. And specifically, he said, in quotes, Joe's the closer. And he says he will continue to keep using him. So, uh, Kurt, where do you fall on this dead arm issue and the use of Joe Nathan? Obviously, we do have some statistical evidence to back this up now, thanks to uh, Christopher, who wrote a very nice fan post. But what's your, where do you fall on this Joe Nathan struggling, using him or not using him, because he's not getting guys out right now? He's throwing batting practice. I suppose Joe Nathan would know better than anyone how to get through uh, mm-hmm. his own dead arm because he, he's had a whole lot of years of major league experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it might sound counterintuitive to us, but, you know, may, maybe he's right. So yeah. uh, it's his arm. It's not mine. I don't know. So <laughs> uh, now, now I can understand going, well, he just told you he has a dead arm and you're putting him in the ninth inning. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I mean, there's a certain um, there's a certain something to, to having your closer close. Uh, you know, uh, it's it, it, even though his fans or his analysts or you go, well, that's ridiculous. Why? Why are you? Mm-hmm. That's stupid. But you know, I, how how strange would it be to have Joe Nathan coming out throwing in the seventh inning or something? You know, it mm-hmm. it just doesn't sound like something that actually happens in in the way that baseball is actually played. And and I know some people always want to reinvent the wheel and they get mad when when everyone in the sport does something. But you know, I don't think Osmus was ever going to pitch him in the seventh inning or 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 or, what, mm-hmm. or save him. Or you know, uh, I think Osmus was just going to pitch him in the ninth and I, I think you would see pretty much every other manager in baseball do the same and that you know I, and that's what we've tried to tell people in the past about Leland is look this dude isn't doing anything unique he's doing what everyone else does don't get so mad at him you're going to hate every single manager you get well now they got off and he's doing the same things as Leland so that's uh it, it's just baseball yeah yeah exactly right. so go ahead obviously you have something to say hook slide so jump in let me just play devil's advocate for half a second as you do so well because um, Kurt made the statement that he's doing what every other manager in baseball would do. Um, Jim Johnson, the closer for the A's. Ah, I was just going to bring him up. Good point. All right then. Has been <laughs> has been similarly struggling with the with a you know sky high ERA and a couple of blown saves already. And Bob Melvin said that that he's going to pull Johnson out of that role, out of the closer's role for the time being, and let it, let him figure things out. Go to a bullpen. Last year, you know, mm-hmm. when the Valverde experiment was getting really, really bad, and he hadn't named a closer yet, he said, "Well, okay, now we're going to go to committee." In fact, he did that at the beginning of the year too. I want to say mm-hmm. uh, before the Valverde experiment. So, I guess it's less of a counterpoint, devil's advocate thing, more of a question for you guys: is how how many more games do you figure uh, Joe Nathan has to screw up before Osma says, "I need to pull him out of that role, go to bullpen by committee, and let Nathan get his stuff figured out somewhere else." No, I mean, not trade him, but, you know. <laughs> Who is going to take over this spot? I mean, the, that, entire, uh, yeah. the entire bullpen sucks. It's not like you can go, well, I've got this great setup, man, or i got this great, uh, you know, the, the entire bullpen sucks. So the committee is just as bad as the individual. Yeah, and and the thing with Johnson, yeah, is, uh, as I was going to bring up as well, is 
that shows that managers are willing to make moves. But also Johnson had a bad – it struggled for a lot of last year as well. So uh, Nathan is coming off a 43-save season where an ERA like under 2.3. So there are some differences there. But, it, you know, at the very least, I have a feeling with Jim Johnson there may be more issues there underlying there than just uh, – uh, you know, with Nathan's dead arm because uh, we, we've talked about this time and time again, Kurt. When it comes to bullpens and closers, you cannot really. There's very few Nathans out there in bullpens who are good year after year after year. The majority of bullpens are filled with guys you just don't know how they're going to produce. As as uh, we like to say, they're mercurial and fungible. If they were good, they'd be starters. Exactly. So. Uh, Again, early, 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 and I guess we just have to keep pounding that in the people's heads. Early, early, early. This, things are going to change. And for that matter, uh, if you think the Tigers are the only team badly struggling, uh, John posted an article this morning uh, essentially listing all the other teams in big league baseball who are dealing with closer and bullpen issues. And it's a pretty impressively sized list. So again, we'll link to that in the podcast uh, in the podcast show notes. That was yeah, it was something I brought up in my article on Joe Nathan a couple mm-hmm. of days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I went to the uh, MLB leaderboard, there are like I want to say 32 mm-hmm. uh, relief pitchers on the list just for 2014. 32 of them that have at least one blown save already. Yeah. So, come on, we're we're all struggling here. Yeah, my God, we just saw um, uh, the Dodgers closer was a Kenley Jansen, Jansen just yeah. blow two against the Tigers. So. Uh, it happens. So, every, against uh, the worst five and three team in baseball. No, oh, worst five and three team in history. Ah, oh, uh, sucks. Well, for all this doom and gloom about the bullpen, there has been one bright spot, and that, uh, as mentioned before, Drew Smiley. Uh, he has been the Tigers' best reliever, and that's not even close. He hasn't allowed a run in six innings, but he'll be uh, moving back into the rotation when the Tigers come back from this Western swing. Uh, Thanks to days off and the rain out early in the year, the Tigers haven't had a need for five starters yet, and uh, but they will soon, and that's when Smiley will go into uh, his originally designed role for this year as the fifth starter. Or I think some could argue after watching Rick Porcello, maybe he should be the fourth starter. Regardless of all that, uh, Kurt, your compadre at the Detroit News, Tony Paul, wrote a very and kind of I would say a little inflammatory article, getting emotionally trying to get the fans emotionally revved up, uh, speculating that the Tigers may and probably should keep Drew Smiley in a relief role, uh, obviously because he performed in that role so well last year, and he's been the Tigers' best reliever this year. But that's not going to happen, is it? Well, um, if things don't change, it might have to, it might have <laughs> to happen, but... Uh... Not, not now. No, no. I mean, you know, you 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 move Doug Fister and you make room for Smiley in the rotation, and then you move him to the bullpen. Uh, yeah, that that would that would not look good. <laughs> and the other question is, uh, say you do keep Smiley in the bullpen, who becomes the fifth starter? Um. Yeah, exactly. That's the answer. Uh, no one knows. So, <laughs> because we have such a deep bench there. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't, you know, hell, the Tigers traded their sixth starter from last year. So, um, yeah, hook slide. At this point, Smiley has been a luxury that most teams can't afford. And realistically, I think it's safe. I think we can both agree here that 
a guy who can throw uh, 160 innings is going to be more valuable than a guy who throws 80. I would have to agree. I mean, to, back to uh, you know what Kurt was just saying earlier. If, if, if these guys were good, they'd be starters, right? Talking about the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Smiley is good. That's why he's going into the starting rotation. So this this talk of uh, you know, hey, should we move him back to the bullpen? You, you kind of want to say, okay, then why why single out Smiley? Why not uh, put Rick Porcello in the bullpen? Why not put Sanchez in the bullpen? They're all mm-hmm. great. You know, yeah. they can all get guys out. So if that's the only criteria, then. Hell, move them all to the bullpen. Yeah, who's was, the who's the idiot that wanted to move uh, Berlander to the bullpen last year? Uh, that was me. Wait, no, was no, it? No, no, no. It was uh, <laughs> no. And actually, I think it was one of the sabermetric uh, geniuses out there uh, last year. I just can't remember which one it was. Was like, it uh, Schoenfeld? Schoen- yeah, it was, I think it was a sweet yeah. spot plug. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, my, my idea is just to flip the whole thing around and mm-hmm. start the games with the bullpen. Brian Kenny. That's it, yeah. Mr. Kill the Win. You're right, it was Kenny. Yeah. But then he denied it immediately after. <laughs> yeah, when Verlander gave up one run in, in like 23 innings in the playoffs. So, uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Smiley is going to be a far, far more valuable pitcher to the Tigers as a starter. Like I said, he's a luxury that most teams don't have. And as Kurt just said, when you have a guy in a bullpen that good, he doesn't stay in the bullpen. He becomes a starter, pure and simple. So. That's what Drew Smiley is, and again, I, I like Tony Paul, but sometimes he is very knee-jerk in his reactions, like fans. So, but again, I'm, I'm sure that's his well, he job. Also, he also goes on the huge show. Yeah, enough said. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, uh, what other uh, bullpen uh, member? Well, I thought uh, Luke Buchanan was just a figment of my imagination. Uh, turned out he wasn't. You know, he pitched Friday night. Uh, I just find the, the his use kind of mysterious, and uh, the, I guess the question is, Kurt, with all these other guys in the pen struggling, and Pukonen actually had very good numbers in spring training, why wait till two weeks into the season to use them? Well, um, um, <laughs> or... that could be the title of this podcast. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, I just find it odd. Did you see odd. any of uh, uh, Osmus's comments from last night about that? Yeah, he, he, what did you say? He, it was because his manager's an idiot or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He said, he, he said that to, to Luke himself. He said, you know, I'm sorry, you've got a bad manager who can't seem to get you into a game, you know, and I apologize for that. So I, I really do just, I don't think it's a deliberate thing so much as just the situation hasn't presented itself maybe. It doesn't. It doesn't help that the starters all go into the seventh or eighth inning either. Yeah, you know those jerks. Why are they doing keeping Lu, you know Lupu in the bullpen like that? Yeah, and the Tigers don't have millions of dollars invested in him like they do uh, uh, Neville Chamberlain. So uh, that's I, I'm sure that's playing into it as well. So no one's going to get that joke, are they? No, they won't. <laughs> well, yeah, I was surprised that we had a lot. We had enough people that actually got the uh, Dave Clark Five thing last week. I'm that doesn't stunned. surprise me. But Neville <laughs> Chamberlain, they're never going to get that one. <laughs> I'll have to put. I'm going to add a poll uh, with the show notes and ask, "Do you know who Neville Chamberlain is?" And no cheating by looking it up. So good. I'm serious. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, enough of the bullpen because, well, uh, what else is there to say other than it's been. Not good. It's early, small sample sizes, and Joe Nathan is bound to get better. So uh, with that, let's move on to shortstop. 
which has been another source of frustration to that very vocal minority. Uh, and he, it has been frustrating to see just because Alex uh, Gonzalez has been below average at best defensively. And I think I'm being generous when I say below average. Uh, his defensive uh, faux pas almost, uh, almost led to, well, played a big part in Joe Nathan looking so bad uh, in one of his outings uh, where he nearly gave away uh, a win. Uh, on the flip side, Andrew Romine has been ex- great, excellent. I, I'm, I'm running out of uh, adjectives like uh, Brad Albison to describe Miguel Cabrera uh, to describe this kid on defense so far. Uh, yes, Gonzalez has more pop in his bat, and Romine probably has less upside offensively than uh, Jose Iglesias. But uh, this team was going into the year really with a defense-first shortstop in Iglesias, and any offense they got from him would be, uh, well, a bonus. I mean, people are saying if he gets a 700 OPS, awesome. Uh, I don't know if uh, Romine is capable even that. Probably not, but his defense has made a huge difference with this team. And I don't know about you, Kurt, but I want to see more Romine playing shortstop than Alex Gonzalez at this point. Oh, for sure. And it should have been that way the whole time, but, you know. Uh, you know, we, we, we thought the first week, we're like, oh, look, G- Gonzalez is the hero of opening day and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's not, it wasn't going to keep, it wasn't going to remain like that. You mm-hmm. know, that was, that was just a lot of little, little baseball luck, little baseball gods mm-hmm. smiling down upon him, whatever. But it it wasn't going to remain like that. And we, we've seen, yeah, it, it's, I, I said all along, he's, he's not going to be with the team for more than like two months. And I still believe that. So. Oh, wow. Really? So right, uh, are, you, are you playing the um, uh, Stephen Drew card? That'd be a little more than two months, but I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I could definitely see Stephen Drew. I, I think the Tigers are not going to lose a draft pick over it, but I mm-hmm. could definitely see Stephen Drew happening. Yeah, yeah, I think at this point it's obvious no one's going to sign Drew till after the draft, and after that there might be a feeding frenzy. Uh, right, right. But, but back to your question, mm-hmm. uh, Romine, I would like to see more of him. He's not, he's not, you know, he's not glaciers. He's not perfect. You can point out. This or that, or you know, uh, you can say well, his footwork's not perfect or this, or whatever. But he's better than all the alternatives. He's, he's above average a little bit, so it, it, it's nice to see him out there. And I'd rather have him. Yeah, he's definitely made some plays that Gonzalez only can't even dream of at this point at uh, what at 37 years old. Um, any thoughts on the shortstop position hook slide? That I don't know about. Uh, are we going to make it unanimous that, that we say screw it and just throw Romine out there? Yeah, at least early on in the games, I think yeah. he should be out there, you know, for for the defensive run saved aspect of it. And you know, I remember I said last week on the podcast, you know, I wasn't really sure about Roman because I hadn't seen him with my own two eyes yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, having watched him for a couple of games, holy cow! Yeah, yeah. he's he's great. Um, so he should be, you know, the starting uh, shortstop for most of these games, I would think. Um, it's just a question, I guess, of you know how much offense do you want to give up? And you've got eight other guys in the lineup that are clearly mm-hmm. capable of producing runs, so. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, in the short term, it's ugly. You know, and, and yeah. by short term, I mean when he's at the plate. And you go, God, why is he out here? You know, this is an easy out. But uh, defensively, yeah, I'd say put him out there and have uh, Gonzalez, you know, on reserve as someone who can pinch it and bring a little, you know, pop in the bat or whatever. Hope he runs into one, you know, uh, during a game. But, yeah, yeah he, I don't know if he should ever be starting. Yeah, that's the thing. And, uh yeah, Gonzalez has four hits and two RBI, and two of those hits in both RBI came opening day. So, 
Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's here for his offense, but uh, he gets on base at a 294 clip so far. So, And I really don't see that changing much because this uh, Gonzalez hasn't hit in like three years. So, uh, yeah, again, this will probably ultimately play itself out, and hopefully Osmus will come to his senses and say, you know, we're going into this season with an elite defender. We have a pretty darn good one in Romine. Let's just roll with it. And then I think no one would complain with that. All right, uh Everybody lost a trade, according to Hookside, and I have to agree. And the trade we're talking about is the three-team trade that uh, had the Tigers giving up uh, former mini-Miggy, uh, Abasail Garcia, to the White Sox, and the Tigers getting Jose Iglesias. Uh, Garcia, who was really making a nice impression with uh, the White Sox, he's off to a pretty good start this year. And what's interesting, he had a huge game the same night Torrey Hunter was, was crashing into walls and flailing about in L.A., uh, he tore up his shoulder trying to make a diving catch Thursday night and will miss the rest of the season. He's done, along with Jose Iglesias. So I guess the question we're all asking now, Hook Slide, are all the young players involved in that trade jinxed? Absolutely. Uh, the only one that I'm thinking that hasn't really suffered yet is, is uh, Brian Villarreal. Yeah. who got his World Series ring, and I think that's probably key. There's, there's something <laughs> hexed about that ring, and he chanted some incantation or something, and now everyone's dying. So, if, you know, if I'm Jake Peavy, I'm, I'm not ever ever leaving the house. <laughs> yeah, and also keep in mind, uh, Villarreal got that ring for uh, – he made uh, one appearance with the Red Sox, and he pitched to one batter and walked him, and that still got him a World Series. That scored a run, too, didn't it? Yeah, I believe yes, so. It did. Yeah. Yes, it did. <laughs> and that's why everyone's dying, because the baseball gods hate that stuff. Mm-hmm. You can't hand out World Series rings to guys that are doing that stuff. But yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, uh, this, it is weird, Kurt, the coincidence here that both of the main pieces of the trade for two teams are out for the year uh, with uh, with pretty severe injuries. It is weird, yeah. It, and who who expects the... The old guy in the deal is going to be the healthy one, and the mm-hmm. young guys are uh, fall apart. And and yeah, I'm, I'm sure Brian Villarreal would be falling apart too if he ever played. <laughs> yeah, the, the Red Sox kind of mitigated that issue by uh, leaving him in AAA. So, but yeah, it's, me, yeah, go ahead. Let me throw throw a curve at you guys and mm-hmm. kind of broaden the discussion a little bit. Um, you mentioned that Garcia had a had a really big game. A couple of nights ago, I think he had two home runs in that game. Yeah, exactly. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and the White Sox appear to be a, a real uh, offensive threat. I think they're, you know, again, in the top two or three in a lot of the offensive stats, mm-hmm. you know, MLB-wide. They might even lead home runs per game or runs per game, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Question is, with Garcia going out, how much does that? do you think that impacts their, uh, their run scoring ability? Oh, I'd say it impacted a lot. He was off to a great start. You know, between him and Abreu, those two were, I think, carrying him offensively for uh, some of these games. But again, uh, Kurt, small sample sizes, correct? I'd say impact at one ninth. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, he's a good player. Obviously, we hated to give him up. We wanted to watch him in Detroit for years to come. So, yeah, I mean, he's a good player, and that's going to have an effect. But yeah, small sample size too. I don't think we're going to see Chicago, you know, up there at the end of the season. But it's, it's a good start for him, to be sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, and the Tigers aren't running away from the White Sox. The White Sox are only a half game behind at six and five. So doom. <laughs> Hell, even the last place uh, team in Minnesota, they're only two games out. People, 
I'm going to keep that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there any team that's more than a game behind right now? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all so early, you know. Well, actually, but, uh, I just brought it up. And actually, amazingly enough, the Diamondbacks are four are games Royals? out. Uh, Houston's three games out. Philly's three games out. Ooh, Cincinnati's five out. Yikes. I was referring to the AL Central. Where are the Royals, Kurt? The Royals, they're 1.5 games out. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the worst spread right now. <laughs> yeah, everybody in the Central is hovering around 500. The ti- you know the Tigers are two games above. Everybody else is either a game or two below or right above it. So sweet. I, I really hope that keeps up till October. Yeah, I, I, I want to see a string of sudden death games at the end of the year. You know the Tigers have the second highest winning percentage in the American League. Uh, that yeah. does not surprise me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and, and speaking of sudden death games, I, I, I lived through the 1987 season, and I was lucky to survive those last two weeks. Just be careful what you wish for. It was fun looking looking back, but at the time, my God, I thought you every pitch, I thought I was just going to keel over. Look, oh, you mean when they were when they were? Nothing's fun looking back. I, 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 you know, what do I say about playoff baseball? It is the most terrifying and awful thing in the world. Exactly. And I can look back and say that it, it was awful last October, and it was awful the October before, and it was awful the October before, and it was awful in 2006, and it was awful in Game 163. It's always awful. <laughs> always. Yeah. yeah, and the 87 season, the last two weeks, was essentially the Tigers started the playoffs two weeks early, you know, playing seven games against the uh, uh, the second uh, the team they were battling for the title with uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, and yeah, looking back on it now, we're saying, yeah, that was so great. It was fun. Every pitch counted, and you didn't want to miss a thing. But if you lived through it, Mike, you needed, right. to, you needed, to, yeah, you needed to drink to get through the games. Well, a lot of people do that anyway, but you More needed drink. to get, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, and ask anybody old enough to remember the '67 season. Oh my God, when it was like a, I think four or five teams went down to the final week. They're old enough to remember the 67 season. They probably forgot everything, <laughs> judging by my mother. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not to that point yet. I, I, the, the 67 season is a blank to me. I started my, my baseball memories start forming in 68. So uh, at least I'm not to that point quite yet, Kurt. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Hookslide. Uh, uh, tight pennant races are fun, but they're only fun. Uh, in retrospect, just keep Never remember. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Uh, I don't know about you guys, uh, but I don't like West Coast baseball, Kurt. It sucks. Amen. Yeah, especially I, when you're playing I, NL baseball. And I have to be awake anyway because, yeah. you know, I work until 2, and I still think it sucks. Yeah, and even worse is when it's National League baseball. And, uh, I, uh, well, we've, we've primed that pump for years. I know we both think it's ridiculous that uh, pitchers bat and – Anybody who thinks the double switch is the pinnacle of strategy, well, uh, is very easily impressed. Uh, what's your take on this West Coast stuff, folks, Slide? Because I think most of us are just tired of get, not getting any sleep. No, well, I'm with Kurt. I mean, I'm usually up kind of late anyway, but but that is the typically that period from you know I don't know ten ten thirty to one one thirty in the morning is is when I get my writing done. Yeah. So having games going on and trying to kind of stay you know involved in the game and doing the you know thing on Twitter during the games. It's really cutting into the writing time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> yeah, that, which is, I'm sure, why Red Wings fans are like, thank God we're playing in the Eastern Conference again, you know, because it's very reminiscent of uh, the Red Wings playoff runs where 
the majority of the road games were being played on the West Coast and uh, hockey. You know, 1 a.m. hockey is not exactly fun. Uh, well, you know who really hates the West Coast? Mm-hmm. It's Rick, Rick Porcello. No kidding. <laughs> and it, Either I'm that looking... or he likes it a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, you think he's pitching hungover? Is that what's happening? That could be. I don't know. <laughs> that, that would explain a lot, though, wouldn't it? I tell you what, I looked at the schedule, though, and if my math is, is right, and I assure you that it is not, um, but if it's correct, I think he's actually going to miss the uh, the Angels series coming up in about a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. So yes. we don't get to really uh, test the theory and see, is it, is it the Angels that are his kryptonite, or is it just pitching out, out west? I don't know. Uh, last night wasn't all that impressive. It was amazing he got out of that game only giving up four runs. Well, of a, of, he had a four nothing. Uh, he was down four nothing. He ended up being charged with five, thanks to uh, Evan Reed. But uh, he was getting right. He was getting raked last night. So uh, yeah, it seems like the Tigers don't necessarily always do that great when they're out, when they're out west. Yeah. Well, uh, sure. well, I don't think we've ever discussed this. If you hook slide, where do you fall on the NL baseball debate? Because I can't stand it personally. Well, which which aspect of it? I mean, just uh, having well, them one play. the uh, uh, pitchers batting, no DH, uh, the, the the tendency to play a lot more small ball, uh, the thought that things like the double switch and uh, uh, Tony La Russa type stuff is just like the pinnacle of baseball strategy, and the thought that's from some people that AL managers all they have to do is essentially push a button, uh, put together a lineup, and just let it go. No, I mean, aside from the double switch issue. You know, I don't know that there's any more complexity, you know, to managing an NL team. Small ball, I mean, come on, the Tigers are kind of, sort of doing that anyway with the, you know, mm-hmm. hitting runs and stealing and aggressive base running, that sort of thing. So that's not a huge deal. As far as the DH rule, you'll have to wait for my uh, upcoming article. Oh, it's a, it's a coming soon, a preview, a trailer, yes. so to speak. Yes, All right. yes. I, I asked Al specifically to send me some topics and challenge me. Give me a topic. Mm-hmm. I have to try and make it funny. I, I wrote on the DH yesterday, and that will be coming out in maybe a week or so. Oh boy! And and nobody will know when once you're done with that article, you'll never know what my real stance is on it. So <laughs> that's kind of I think that's kind of how you like it actually. So yeah, I'm I'm just I'm a character. That's it. Yes, you're you're uh, an enigma, mystery riddle wrapped in a Twinkie or something like that. Right. I'm, I'm not a real baseball writer, but I do play one for Bless You Boys. Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> All right. Um, I haven't had breakfast. Wrapping up this podcast. Um, well, we, we're we kind of now now we're finding out uh, why the, uh, Brad Osmus lost his challenge during the homestand in regard to the transfer of a ball. Is that there's apparently the umpires have changed a rule interpretation, and we didn't notice. Or they didn't we bother to tell anyone about it first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, umpires have changed the way they interpret the transfer rule this season. If you catch a ball and have it in your glove for a long time, if you drop it when trying to transfer it, no matter how long it is, you aren't credited with a catch. That's pure and simple. And that's what, that's uh, why uh, I think it was Romine was charged, uh, uh, why he wasn't able to record an out uh, during the homestand because of that. Okay, Unfortunately, I... One more time. Yeah. You're uh, saying that if they drop if they drop it on the transfer, period, no matter how long they've had it in the glove, that, that doesn't count. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Even though we don't know how long long is, I mean, couldn't you just say if a, a guy catches the ball hooks light and then runs twenty steps, then starts to throw and drops it, 
it's an error. That's, yeah, that seems like it's really open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know about you, Kurt. Where do you, I, I, find this, I find it ridiculous that no one knew about this. Well, you know, umpires change the strike zone from pitch to pitch, so why should we be surprised when they change anything else, I guess? Yeah, but I still find it strange that uh, as the interpretation it's, it's as to how stupid. long you can hold the ball. Well, yeah, it's stupid. That's dumb. You know why they probably why is they probably say, well, if we're going to have instant replay, we, we you know, we don't want we we don't want it to be too ticky tacky as someone in New York trying to decide did you hold it long enough? Did you not? So that, that's probably what's behind it. Is instant replay is probably what's what's behind this decision. I'm sure. Well, if they're doing that, then then they got to get rid of the neighborhood play. It 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 doesn't make any sense to do this. Yet, not uh, from at least from all accounts, the neighborhood play is still in play. So to well, speak. They, you know, they claim, they, they claim that's a player protection issue, and I, I, but no, I, I mean, yeah, I could I could see wanting to get rid of that too, though. Yeah. Well, speaking of this interpretation, one thing I'm uh, I'm finding confusing too, Hookside, is the umpires really seem to be they are, are still trying to figure out what is blocking the plate and what is not blocking the plate because right now I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I there were. It seems like there was at least one game, maybe two, where that came into uh, mm-hmm. that came into play, and there were some calls that were challenged. Uh, yeah. I wish I could recite the details. It seems like somebody got called out and then safe, you know, based on the fact that the catcher was blocking the plate or mm-hmm. you know, or not blocking it. I, I yeah, I don't know. It's. I probably should have just got my mouth shut on that one. Well, the problem is this is a bad podcast to try and remember details because we're all a little foggy from this week. Yeah. So. What What is baseball? I don't know. Why yeah. is baseball? Just why? Period. Yeah, I think it's time to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything you'd like to add, uh, Hookside, before we call the, uh, a morning and we can get back to our coffee and you can get back to uh, uh, meditating with nature? Yes. You know, actually, I'm going out of town. I'm headed over to uh, Motor City. So. Oh, boy. Going to go uh, spend, spend spend the weekend over there, and I'm going to head a Tigers game on Tuesday, so it's uh, it should be great, except for the fact that it'll be uh, a high of 40 degrees on Tuesday. So and possibly snowing. And possibly snowing. Yay! Are, are you going to do any gambling while you're in town? Absolutely. Are you? Uh, let me ask you this then: Are you a table uh, gambler, or are you a slot machine gambler? Uh, I less slot machines, more of uh, like blackjack and poker. Oh, you're, then you're a smarter gambler than a lot of people. I I, I never got the uh, the fascination of just pulling a stick yeah. and watching wheels spin, let alone if the odds suck. <laughs> I've spent too much time yeah, to it, it's learn that lesson. Yeah, it's totally up to you know random selection at that point. And I, with the other games, you get a little bit more control. So it's kind of like baseball mm-hmm. in that respect, and that's why I like it. You know, there's there's a little more control, but you're still subject to you know, random elements or whatever. The but, of uh, the gambling gods. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, one thing I wanted to just, just mention is that uh, the last couple of weeks of podcasts, you know, we've talked a little bit about the Tigers' defense and what that's going to look like, you know, mm-hmm. with the improved gloves in the field. And I know it's still early in small sample sizes, but so far they're exactly where I said they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and defensively, last year I looked at the, the fan graphs, you know, they have that defensive stat, and I think that stands for uh, – it's defensive runs above average or something to that effect. Um, for 2013, the Tigers were ranked 24th mm-hmm. in, in all of MLB, and they had a defensive stat of negative 42. Mm-hmm. And so far this year, they are flat in the middle. They're like number 16 on the list, and their number is zero. Yeah, yeah. You've, uh, I have to say, you have been a right hook slide, and that uh, 
they're, they aren't uh, a gold glove winning team, but they are vastly improved. I mean, that is a good bump up. So yeah, uh, so it's it's mm-hmm. all a perspective. Yeah, you know, I think to Tiger fans, that's going to look like a huge jump to go from negative forty two defensive runs up to zero. We're flatlined, or it's, it's a zero sum mm-hmm. game. Looks yeah, great. All right. Let's hope it stays that way, and I think it will, hopefully it will. They use Andrew Romine more, but be that as it may. Uh, Kurt, anything you'd like to add before uh, you go back to your coffee? No, because I've had too much of the coffee. Uh, that means you need to go to the bathroom. So that's how we. That's how this podcast usually ends, people. With uh, it's, it's with now an official excusing himself to use the facilities. Yes. <laughs> All right. Also, I'll add is that uh, I'm. I, I have to just stop myself from listening to this vocal minority because anybody who uses the term Dombrowski, I'm unfriending you on Facebook. Enough said. So, oh, hey, hey, I have yeah. a title for the podcast. You do? You're in for an exciting podcast. <laughs> uh, well, let's, I think that's a good time to wrap up this exciting podcast with, uh, um, well, Hookfly. Where can they find you online? Uh, mostly on Twitter at HookflyBYB. All right. And uh, Mr. Manchin? You know, bless you boys and whatnot. Boy, I think he's, <laughs> I think he's run out of gas, people. I think and, he's <laughs> so do I, actually. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at BigLBYB. And also be able to look up for my other podcast, The Knee Jerks. I do with uh, our uh, one of our contributors, Greg Eno. We've been doing that for the last several years. So uh, that usually comes out on Mondays. Be able to look out for that. You can find it at the same place. You can find this one. Uh, uh, specifically on iTunes, other podcast uh, catchers. And as always, when you look for this podcast and that podcast, for that matter, make sure you are subscribing to the blog talk radio feed of the Bless You Voice podcast. All right, let's wrap it up. So until hopefully later in the day next week, uh, this is Al Beaton saying uh, well, good morning and good luck along with Bookslide. Hang in there, gang. It's a long weekend. Mm-hmm. And Kurt mentioned. Yes. No? Uh, the paperwork's not finished until the job is done? No. How's that do? I don't know. I was going to make a Daniel Bryan reference for all the WWE fans. No, 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 Yes, but I'm not going to do that either because I don't watch wrestling. I just, I, all I know about wrestling is what I see on the Internet. Regardless of all that, we will we make no, much yes, we will make no wrestling comments Thank on that you. podcast. <laughs> Let's end this train wreck right now. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.